Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we are delving into the insightful pages of China's Second Continent by Howard W. French. This enlightening work, published in 2014, casts a sharp lens on the mass migration of Chinese individuals relocating to Africa over recent decades. French masterfully traces the roots of this extensive movement and outlines its far-reaching impact on both regions, on Chinese-African relations, and on the global political landscape. Our author, Howard W. French, brings a wealth of expertise to this topic. As a professor of journalism and photography at Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism, and having served 23 years as a foreign correspondent for the New York Times, French draws upon his vast international experience. He is also a Pulitzer Prize nominee, a testament to his dedication to rigorous, incisive journalism. China's Second Continent is a must-read for students with a focus on Chinese or African politics. It will also serve as a valuable resource for anyone with an interest in international relations or for those who are intrigued by the long-term influences and unfolding consequences of mass migration. Tune in as we explore the dynamics that are shaping the course of two continents. China's Second Continent How a Million Migrants Are Building a New Empire in Africa Introduction Unveiling the Mystery Why is Africa the new frontier for China? One may wonder what ties exist between China, the Asian giant with the world's largest population, and the culturally distinct continent of Africa, separated by vast geographical expanses. Over recent decades, it's not just China's government that has started to show heightened interest in Africa. The intriguing shift is that countless Chinese citizens are opting to relocate to Africa for brighter prospects and a more fulfilling life. So, what implications does this hold for the African inhabitants and these new Chinese settlers? While at face value it might seem like a grand blessing that an economic titan like China is extending its reach to a continent on the cusp of economic development, the whole picture isn't exactly that black and white. It's a dynamic interplay on various fronts geopolitical, economic, and individual. On this captivating journey, you'll unearth surprising revelations. We'll delve into why Africa's population is projected to outstrip Asia's by 2050, what spurred a Chinese farmer to set roots in Mozambique, and how one could easily mistake the bustling streets of Dakar, Senegal for those of a Chinese city. Part 1. China's Globalization Success story is shadowed by rampant social issues. Most of us, at some point, have come across the Made in China stamp on our possessions. China seems to have the monopoly over manufacturing, but this wasn't always the case. The widespread diffusion of Chinese products kickstarted in the 1970s, during China's first taste of the benefits of globalization. In today's world, China holds the title for the world's most rapidly advancing economy a lot of it owed to Western firms shifting their production units here post 1970s. The key attractions being China's abundant human resource pool and its contrasting political landscape. Staggeringly, 40% of the global economic growth over the past two decades is attributed to China alone. In the same time frame, the Chinese economy has clocked an average yearly growth rate 
of 10.2%. No longer content with its world's factory label, China is stepping up its game as a heavy hitter in global politics and market influences. However, this economic leap hasn't necessarily translated into improved life quality for all Chinese citizens. Many are still vying for an exit from the country. Drawing from the author's interviews, it's evident that the crushing social pressures are unbearable for many. Overpopulation, stringent one-child policy, and aggressive workplace competition are some of the hot-button issues inciting discontent among the Chinese populace. How, a Chinese immigrant who ventured into farming in Mozambique, didn't mince words while expressing his disdain for the social system he left behind. Corruption and the yawning wealth gap often feel insurmountable for many like Hao, nudging them to emigrate for broader opportunities and a fresh start for their families. As China looks to keep up its rapid growth, it needs fresh territories for expansion, and it seems to have found just the right place, Africa. Part 2. China's government has meticulously nurtured its relationship with Africa over two decades. For several years now, Africa has remained on the fringes of Western attention, scarcely attracting any regular visits from Western dignitaries. However, the same can't be said about Chinese politicians, who make frequent trips. Right now, Africa stands at a crucial crossroads. African economies are in an upward spiral, and it won't be long before the continent's growth rate surpasses that of China. The demographic landscape of Africa is also undergoing a sea change, with forecasts predicting that the African population will outstrip Asia's by 2050. This swift growth isn't without its pitfalls. The prevalent corrupt governments might hinder smooth development, escalating the risks of unemployment, hunger, and inadequate urban development. Vulnerable populations could easily fall prey to exploitative corporations without legal safeguards. If African nations play their cards well, they could hold the reins of the century's dynamics. Conversely, if they falter, they risk descending deeper into poverty and corruption. The Chinese government, with its acute awareness of Africa's potential, has been steadfastly reinforcing its ties with the continent since the mid-1990s. Jian Zemin, China's leader in 1996, embarked on a mission to cultivate stronger Sino-African cooperation during his trip to Africa. Fast forward a few years, he pledged $5 billion in aid for the development of hospitals, schools, and other public utilities. He simultaneously pushed Chinese corporations to extend their business boundaries to Africa. As of today, approximately one-third of China's overseas revenue pours in from Africa. It's clear that China's hefty investments in Africa are bearing fruit. But there's another overlooked element that shapes the Sino-African bond the Chinese migrants who have laid down their roots in Africa. Part 3. Chinese migrants profoundly influence the dynamics of Chinese-African relations. Over a million Chinese migrants are presently settled in Africa, having established a robust connection network back in their homeland, which encourages more Chinese individuals to join them. So what's the allure? Given the deteriorating social landscape in China, many see Africa as their beacon of hope. A significant number of Chinese people moving to Africa aim to build new lives for themselves and their families, a goal made more achievable if their progeny blend into the local culture 
by marrying African natives. Consider how the Chinese migrant who took to farming in Mozambique. He engaged his son to a girl from a nearby village, hoping that his future grandchildren would inherit the farm he'd established there. Chinese migrants, especially those who assimilate through marriage like Hao's son, wield considerable influence over the local population. Chinese migrants hold the reins when it comes to shaping Africans' perception of China and its aggressive territorial expansion. Their impact trumps that of the hospitals funded by the Chinese government or the stadiums constructed by Chinese labor. What's the reason? It's because migrants have daily interactions with the locals. These relationships hold more meaning than the funding injected into public structures. However, migrants aren't always embraced by the locals. Resentment is brewing in many African communities as locals lament the Chinese migrants' takeover of their sources of livelihood, with an increasing number of streets dotted with Chinese shops and swarmed by Chinese workers. Migration has even emerged as a significant election issue in some countries, as protests and demonstrations rise against perceived Chinese colonization. Locals desire a greater stake in Chinese enterprises, but the owners typically opt for importing more workforce from China. As expected, this trend has ignited tension between the groups. Part 4. Chinese migrants and African natives grapple with mutual prejudices, but acknowledge the promise of a potential partnership. Racist remarks like, Blacks are lazy, casually tossed around by Chinese migrants in Africa, are a common occurrence. Likewise, Africans are often heard griping about the Chinese invading their communities and showing scant respect for their culture. These biases have deep roots and various reasons. One contributing factor is that many Chinese migrants are ill-educated and show little curiosity about their host cultures. The author's interactions with several migrants reveal their lack of basic knowledge about the African nations they inhabit. They display a shocking ignorance about local cultures, sometimes even unaware of the local language. Howe, for instance, had no clue about Mozambique's bordering nations. That said, ignorance isn't exclusive to the Chinese migrants. Locals often stereotype Chinese people as hard-nosed invaders, intent on plundering their resources without reciprocating. One of the primary gruces Africans have with Chinese migrants stems from their claims of promoting African growth, while the lion's share of their earnings are remitted back to China. Numerous Chinese enterprises operating in Africa do so with minimal local participation. When they do hire locals, the pay scale is noticeably less than what they offer their Chinese counterparts. Nevertheless, both parties are cognizant of the potential benefits they could reap from each other in the long haul. Despite their rifts, many Africans believe that Chinese migrants can introduce significant educational and technological advancements to the continent, which could ramp up Africa's global political clout. Chinese individuals also acknowledge that Africa could be a treasure trove of human resources, with the possibility of expansive markets for their products if African nations prosper. The road to forging a closer Sino-African alliance has its fair share of hurdles, but both regions are gradually awakening to the potential of their partnership. Part 5. China's exploitation of African resources triggers political strife in African societies. Mozambique is blessed with some of the richest soils on the planet. 
its lands are so fertile that they would be reclaimed by the wilderness within weeks, if left untended. The local tribes have been tilling these lands for centuries, but many now accuse the Chinese of encroachment. A significant number of land disputes like this one arise from legal ambiguities and disregard for tribal rights over the land. Contrary to most Western countries where land acquisition involves purchase from the state, in Mozambique, tribes have been farming for generations without formal state-recognized ownership. As a result, migrants like Hao can technically purchase land already inhabited and farmed by entire communities and expel them. This spawns considerable resentment. Locals revile the farmers for usurping their sustenance, while the Chinese migrants perceive the locals as primitive nuisances. Land isn't the only source of contention. In Zambia, the flashpoint is copper, a resource from which numerous Chinese companies have extracted enormous wealth in recent years. Copper mines, apart from their detrimental environmental impact, expose Zambian employees to hazardous work conditions for meagre remuneration. Certain mines even disregard the provision of protective gear like gloves and goggles to the workers. The abysmal working conditions have led to multiple fatalities and grievous injuries, instigating Zambians to protest. In 2006, a Chinese supervisor fired upon a group of miners, demonstrating against their overseer, injuring six. A day earlier, a Chinese manager had been assaulted by Zambian miners following a wage dispute. In nations like Zambia, Chinese migrants are increasingly becoming the object of animosity. This hostility is bound to escalate unless the current situation undergoes a significant transformation. Part 6. The surge of Chinese businesses and workers reshapes African economies and heightens tensions. It's vital to remember that not all Chinese migrants are affluent entrepreneurs. A substantial number are familiar with what the Chinese term as eating bitter, performing grueling work to provide for themselves and their families. The economic disparity among Chinese migrants also affects their relationships with local inhabitants. In Senegal, Chinese migrants have virtually monopolized the country's commerce in recent years. Rewind 15 years and the main thoroughfares of Dakar presented a picturesque landscape dotted with quaint cafes and eateries. The present scenario, however, is a stark contrast, dominated by stores peddling cheap mobile phones, trinkets, and other transient souvenirs. The proliferation of these shops has smothered local enterprises, sparking public protests. Numerous Senegalese have found themselves jobless and perceive the Chinese presence as an intrusion. The condition in Liberia is arguably grimmer. Established by the United States with the ostensible aim of seeding democracy and Christianity in Africa, Liberia continues to receive aid from the U.S., but a significant portion is siphoned off by corrupt governmental agencies, never reaching its intended beneficiaries. The country grapples with high unemployment rates and rampant diseases like malaria and yellow fever. Although Chinese migrants have initiated hospital construction projects in a bid to curry favor with Liberians, they predominantly employ Chinese workers. Amidst soaring crime rates, Chinese business proprietors live in constant fear of theft and damage to their assets. The dearth of public education and unaffordable medical fees leave numerous Liberians bereft of treatment. Despite the escalating Chinese investments that migrants usher in, the overall living conditions of locals remain largely unaffected. 
the socio-economic landscape of Liberia continues to present a bleak picture. Part 7. Opaque deals between Chinese government and corrupt African regimes frequently neglect local interests. Regarded as one of the world's poorest nations, Mali is plagued with widespread corruption. The Malian government often enters clandestine agreements with the Chinese government, the benefits of which seldom trickle down to the ordinary citizens, instead enriching the power elite. The Chinese government frequently capitalizes on these corrupt African regimes, securing favorable business contracts and resource access. Beijing's influence in Africa hasn't been founded on its role as a significant creditor or commercial ally. Instead, it has thrived on corrupt practices such as bribing government officials to broker deals behind closed doors, steering clear of NGOs or other entities that could safeguard local interests during negotiations. While the Chinese government has bankrolled significant projects in Mali, including the erection of hospitals and other critical infrastructure, it has exacted a hefty price. The Malian government has reciprocated by permitting vast expanses of farmland to change hands, resulting in the displacement of local farmers, who are forced to rent their own lands from the new Chinese owners. Ultimately, these shadowy transactions rarely uplift the common populace. China shares a disheartening similarity with numerous African countries, rampant corruption. Even the launch of major projects like new factories doesn't necessarily spell a windfall for local industries. Upon project completion, Chinese workers often repatriate, leaving the locals to grapple with substandard structures they can't mend due to unfamiliarity with the alien technology deployed during construction. China's tactic of positioning itself as Africa's default business associate through high cost and unproductive deals will undoubtedly shape Africans' perception of China in the years ahead. Part 8. China is forging a unique type of empire in Africa. The term empire likely conjures up images of the extensive political and colonial realms once governed by Britain or France. China's strategy in Africa may not follow this traditional blueprint, but its expansive reach and influence are gradually crafting a resemblance to an empire. Historically, the establishment of empires necessitated the exertion of force. European powers colonized Africa through military intervention and enforced economic and political supremacy. They subjugated the local populace, exploited their resources, and dispatched them. This blatant disregard for local communities culminated in deplorable political structures such as apartheid, sparking numerous revolutions. China's approach in Africa, however, deviates from this path. The unending influx of fresh opportunities guarantees that African nations will remain reliant on Chinese partnerships and the steady stream of Chinese migrants. This allows China to steadily fortify its market dominance, progressively acquiring land to support their growing population. Africa's reliance on China also implies that African governments and corporations must tolerate the corrupt practices that China employs to consolidate its power. Through these transactions and additional tactics, China is erecting a unique type of empire in Africa. This empire is not defined by territorial control, but by vested interests. No other nation has as much stake in Africa as China does. 
As China's influence permeates African politics and economy, the intricate web of corruption endemic to both regions will only deepen. This emerging Chinese empire will inevitably dictate the trajectory of Africa's future, and indeed, the world's future. With Africa's population burgeoning at an unprecedented rate and its economies in a state of rapid transformation, the global community will be compelled to react to these significant Sino African developments. Final summary Although China's maneuverings in Africa diverge from the conventional colonial tactics employed by Britain or France, the semblance to empire building is undeniable. Through clandestine deals and the swarm of Chinese migrants making Africa their new home, the Chinese government has successfully gained dominance over critical African economic sectors. This burgeoning Chinese footprint in Africa will indubitably shape the future of both continents and indeed leave its mark on the global landscape. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.